0: It's time for JT the Brick. Just win, baby. The countdown to Canton is on. Got a Super Bowl rings as a player and he, as a coach and I mean just what the impact he had on the game. Uh, I agree with you. He should have a bust in Canton. Tom Flores. We know
1: what has to be done and we know how to do it.
0: Charles Woodson. Intercepted by a flying Charles Woodson. And- As these Raiders are inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, we honor them on Raider Nation Radio. Silver black means a lifetime, a lifetime of uh, excitement and joy. Overall, it was a great journey. The countdown to Canton is on. Here's your host, JT the Brick.
2: JT, as we're back here Monday, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, and on that beautiful Raiders streaming mobile app. Hope everybody had a great weekend, busy week here. Raiders are in pads tomorrow, I'll be out at practice, we'll be doing the show there Wednesday, uh, Tuesday night, tomorrow night's the big alumni event at the stadium that I'll be the MC for up at the Torch, Raiders have 150 alumni in town starting today, they'll be here and Mark Davis will put on an alumni event tomorrow inside Allegiant Stadium, typically done at Napa, where training camp used to be done in the past, but... It's great that the alumni are getting treated the way they always do by the Raiders, five-star at the facility, at practice, the experience they're going to have. So very excited about that. Very quickly, you know how important our partners are here on the radio? That's what pays for everything are our sponsorships. And I want to thank our good friends at Remy Martin. You always hear me say Team Up for Excellence. We always talk about Remy Martin and what they do for the show. My colleague here at Lotus Broadcasting and I went to dinner with Remy Martin on Saturday night. Excuse me, Friday, uh, Saturday night. Yeah, it's starting. I'll, t- I'll tell you why it's a little bit of a blur. Saturday night, we went to Bizarre Meat inside Sahara that used to be the L- uh, SLS that used to be the Sahara before that. Best meal of all time, bar none. I've been in this town since the mid-90s. I have never experienced anything like that. It's high-end, but on steroids. Never had a presentation like that. The food, the wine, the experience. Now, Bizarre Meat is inside Sahara. If you haven't heard about it, it's the best restaurant in town when they go to that level. There's a lot of great restaurants in town, and we talk them up here on the show, but that is different next level. So thanks to Remy Martin for that experience, and then they took us to see 2 chains at Dre's Nightclub, and we got in there around 11 o'clock at night, and 2 chains didn't hit the stage until 2.30 in the morning which made for a very interesting conversation with my wife Sunday morning about uh, the hall pass that I did not extend to those hours. But we had a lot of fun. It was a good time. Everybody got home safe. Big night there and a lot of fun. So that was my weekend. So I wanted to go to the soccer game. I got three tickets to the Gold Cup when the tickets came out because I love, you know, international soccer. And I wasn't going to miss out on this. But I had to do my show last night at 8 o'clock, and it was just too close with the timing. I would have had to leave at halftime, and I didn't want to do that. So my sons went with one of my good friends, John O'Donnell, J-O-D, the legendary bartender here in town and uh, part owner and contributed to all of Michael Morton's great restaurants here, including One Steak. So I drove them. So I drove them. My job was to get them down there. And I know that before we get into the soccer game, that a lot of people were wondering about the ingress, egress, how you're going to get in and out of this place, what a nightmare it could be. It was easy. I left my house at 4 o'clock. I knew where the drop-off zone was. I went down, coming in from Summerlin, I went down Hacienda all the way, and right before Polaris made the right, then circled around and dropped them off right there at the drop-off zone, which was perfect, and I got out of there. Then I got out of there, and I went over to Trop, to make the left on Tropp to come home, and I could see thousands of people walking, driving, trying to get to the stadium. So a quick message, because I was there last year for every game and there was no one there. And I have a parking pass, and I pulled up to the place, and there were no cars, and when I left at night, I swear to God I was the last car out of there. Parking was never an issue. Parking's going to be an issue, and you know it, so figure it out. The amount of complaining, which is expected because – People are going to complain when anything's brand new. There was a lot of that going on last night on social media. A couple of the local news outlets in town were leading with it. And what didn't anybody understand? Either you have a parking pass where you know you're going to park, or you park in the casino corridor, or you take public transit, which they put a lot of time and money into that. And the busing that comes up and down the strip is supposed to be excellent and outstanding. But what I noticed is a lot of people just trying to drive around the Legion Stadium looking for a place to park. It doesn't work that way. Either you know someone in that industrial area that might let you park at their office or building for free or a discounted price. Or you're going to have to pay $100 to park at Crazy Horse 2. How's that going to go over? Or maybe $50 somewhere else. So this is not the town nor the stadium because the stadium is up against the freeway. And it's in an industrial part of town, and the location is right on the strip, which is an asset. This isn't a place where you pull up and you just start driving around neighborhoods looking for a place to park for twenty bucks. That that's not it. We might. I grew up that way. Wherever you are, you just found a place to park, and you just drove around and made a left, and then you made another left and a right, and then boom, you park on someone's front lawn for twenty bucks. That's not going to work here. You got to know where you're going. So if you're going to Mandalay Bay, the Luxor, the MGM. New York, New York. And you're thinking about walking. It might be farther than you think, but they built that. They have the Hacienda Bridge for you to walk over if you park at Mandalay Bay. And people just got to get used to it. They got to get used to it because it's not that complicated. Either you have a parking pass and you know where you're going or you have no clue and you're going to be a part of the mass cluster around Allegiant Stadium. It's not like the Oakland Coliseum, which was tremendous because it was a massive parking lot. And obviously, you had BART, and you could come in and out on BART if you did, if you wanted to park, say, two miles away and take BART. It's not Oakland. It's a lot better, this stadium, than the Coliseum. I'm not saying the parking lot experience is going to be better because I love the Oakland experience. There's nothing better than a tailgate at the Coliseum. Fantastic. This is going to be different. And then people leave time to get into the game. These are the first time ever that these ticket scanners and the people that are working there – have ever worked a game with fans. They've worked Garth Brooks, and now they've worked this soccer game. So, again, there's a lot of background noise, a lot of people complaining. It'll all be worked out. It'll be fixed. And and we all are honest on this show. It's going to be tough in the beginning. Plan accordingly. Leave early. Know where you're parking and put a plan together. And then when my sons were done with the game, they stayed out and they went out to dinner, and they stayed on the strip for about an hour or so until it calmed down, and they took an Uber home. And that worked out fine. So again, let's not complain. We have the jewel, the jewel stadium in this country. It's not in Inglewood, okay? Inglewood is where SoFi Stadium is. Have you ever been to Inglewood? I have, okay? It's not the trip corridor. It's not walking distance from Mandalay Bay. It's bleeping Inglewood where you can park in a really, really rough part of town for 20 bucks and walk there. Even though you're walking to a palace in a new stadium, tell me what the experience is like in Inglewood compared to Las Vegas. So I'd rather be here, and I think this stadium looked incredible on television, man. It looked great. And everybody who waited along until extra time after that game, I mean, the quality of play was not very good. I mean, these are, these are not world-class elite soccer players by any means compared to the greatest soccer players around the world. But here's the goal that came on a set piece, which was a beautiful pass into the box and a finish that gave the United States the win. 17th
1: minute, Acosta hooks it into the traffic, a free header,
2: and it's a goal! The United States has scored! Miles Robinson! Great goal. Incredible, and a lot of fans at that time were hoping for penalty kicks because penalty kicks would have been very dramatic at that point in the game, but the crowd was incredible. So I asked my sons when they got home, what was that like? And They say, Dad, you couldn't hear anything. I mean, you, you could hear, it was quiet. When America scored, everyone there was from Mexico pretty much. I had someone tell me 90-10 Mexican, Mexican-Americans to us, U.S., 90-10. Other people said 60-40. Eighty twenty, 20, whatever you think. If you went to the game, let me know. I'd like to hear from you. 702-365-9200. And I want to hear about the whole experience. Good, bad, and indifferent. If you didn't have a good time, if you didn't like the experience, let me know. But a lot of people did. And anyway, if it would have went to penalties, it would have been more dramatic. But for the United States to win one nothing, it was fantastic. So I'm doing my show for serious last night. And I know he's a frequent guest on the show. Not frequent, a couple times a year, but for 10 years, Alexi Lalas, the former captain of the U.S. men's national team. He works for Fox and Fox Sports 1. And I put out a tweet last night talking about, I think he's one of the best analysts in sports. Oh my God, people coming after me like they were hunting me down in Game of Thrones. What am I talking about? What am I talking about? The guy's fantastic. He's a legendary soccer player. He's got the biggest soccer TV job in the United States. But of course, people on the internet and social media were critical. So here's Alexi Lawless after the game in our stadium, Allegiant Stadium, with that massive crowd. As the Mexico fans are pouring out of there, and the game was so emotional for Alexi, it brought him to tears. Yeah. This, this yeah, means was, something it different. Awesome. It was wonderful, and it's, and it's just a game. And it's uh, there will be other games against Mexico.
1: I don't know. It's 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 everything. It's this incredible crowd. It's it's the way that they. It's America. It makes me very yep. happy yep. and very proud.
2: And I know it's, it's just sports, just it's just soccer and all that. But the, the depths this program has been in. That's some hell of a soundbite. So I don't care what anybody thinks of Alexi Lawless. I like him. I think he's great. And I thought he did a really nice job last night. The game wasn't that... It wasn't played well. It wasn't a great soccer game. But the star of last night was the Legion Stadium. And as I pointed out on Twitter... That I What I loved about last night, and I wish I could have went to the game, was that was the vision of Mark Davis and the former president, Mark Bedane when everybody built the stadium. That was the goal, was to have global soccer games there. Is the field perfect? They'll figure it out. It looked great on television, the club sections, the sight lines, the torch. Everybody who called me and watched it said, wow, look how great the stadium looks. And I just thought of all the doubters. All the doubters in the Bay Area and everybody who mocked Mark Davis initially. How are they going to move to Vegas? What? Vegas? Where are they going to build the stadium? No way. How are they going to pay for it? And look at last night. The cover of our paper, the Las Vegas Review-Journal, American Beauty. Robinson goal in extra time sends U.S. past Mexico. We don't have that stadium. We don't have that game. We don't have that memory. Allegiant Stadium is going to provide memories for you and your family if you're fortunate enough to go. It could be Monster Truck. It could be WWE Wrestling. It could be soccer. It's going to be the Raiders. It could be USA Rugby. Whatever it is, it was a vision of Mark Davis and the Raiders to come here with a lot of help from a lot of people who I always bring up. At that time, Governor Sandoval, the late Sheldon Adelson, The people behind the scenes, Tommy White and the 872 laborers who built it and partners of this show. It took a lot to put that show on last night. Was it perfect? Inside, outside? Probably not. Is it going to get better? I would say so. But again, look at what we have to talk about today. The Raiders and Henderson in the best new facility in the entire NFL and the global soccer world last night with over 61,000 looking at Las Vegas from the overhead view of the city and shining on the entertainment capital of the world. I choose to be positive on all this because I love Las Vegas and I love what's happening here. And the negativity, it's going to be out there and it's going to far. The the positivity is far out going to weigh the negativity. But a lot of people are very loud when they're negative about about an event or something went down. What do you think? Are you excited to go back? Did it look the way you thought it would look? A lot of people have already been there on tours. You might have been there for a UNLV game. You might have been there for your seat selection to take a look at. But last night, there were plenty of people. My son, my oldest son, has never been in the stadium. He's going back to college in a couple of weeks, and he came home with a smile on his face. And I was happy he was safe because he went into the belly of the beast. He came back fine, had a great night, and it was a great memory with his brother to go to a game like that. Bravo Vegas, Bravo Allegiant Stadium, Mexico, the Mexican-American fans, and the great U.S. soccer fans that hung in there for a win. That was a memory that will stay with us in Las Vegas. Another front page of the sports page that I pulled aside and will save because it's great to be here with all the excitement that is brewing. Thanks again to Remy Martin for an unbelievable Saturday night from Bizarre Meat to Dre's Nightclub to 2 Chains. What a great partner. Team up for excellence with the Remy Martin experience. They're the best. Can't thank them enough as we continue. Let's keep it going. Raider Nation Radio out at practice tomorrow where the pads are going to be popping about time on Raider Nation, 920 AM.
0: upfield and Marcus Allen could be gone 74 yards for Marcus Allen. This is reaction this is a great running back watch him, he starts out here to the left he feels the force, the support coming he says, oh I can't go there, there's strong safety, Ken Cobb there, I'll start here, now I see a cutback against that guy, now I see open field I'm just going to turn it on and take it into the end zone that is a heck of a run You don't teach that. You don't practice that. Here's JT the Brick with more Countdown to Canton.
2: Yeah, we'll be in Canton on Friday for Tom Flores, looking back at great moments in his career and his great players. JT with you as we continue on. Mike North, one of the greatest sports talk hosts of all time, a mentor to me and many, and still a legend in Chicago, covers all sports from also a gaming perspective, and he's kind enough to join us. Mike, I thought it was a good time to get you on because of the news of Carson Wentz's injury, and they seem to be targeting potentially trades for Andy Dalton or Nick Foles. What's the word out of Chicago? From what I
3: hear, they're trying to get rid of Nick Foles. And how you doing, J.T.? They're trying to get rid of Nick Foles, There's been no bites, so to speak. I think Andy Dalton is going to be a starter for the Chicago Bears. They don't want to rely on Justin Fields. They definitely don't want to go to Nick Foles. Um, So I think you'll see some movement. They don't seem to be able to move Foles like they thought they might be able to. uh, But we'll wait and see. But right now it's status quo.
2: Yeah, and for Fields, there's no doubt like Trey Lance in San Francisco. They were drafted to be the future starters, but you want to bring them along the right way, but you know better than anybody in Chicago, you got a coach and a GM on a hot seat. So I would think they're going to go to Justin Fields anyway sooner than later, so maybe moving Andy Dalton and getting something in return makes sense.
3: Well, it could make sense, but here's the problem. If Justin Fields was to take the field, let's say, the third week or even the second week or even the first week, Nagy, if it doesn't work out, his job security becomes more perilous. Now, he's not uh, basically uh, – he's bought some time with Justin Fields. It's, uh, it's going to be a project. I mean, he did drop guys from, you know, a potential two or three pick all the way down, and even Bill Belichick said he wasn't going to take them. So, you know, where everybody's got him fashion for Canton, I think he's still somewhat of a project. And you know what? I think he's still got a lot to learn. The other day, he will have the press on his side. You'll love this, J.D. He threw a high pass the other day, but it was catchable. You know (laughs) what I mean? So they're giving him every opportunity, just like they gave Nick Foles last year, to try to wrest the job from Mitch Trubisky. And it didn't work out because Trubisky came back. Uh, But they're doing everything they can to try to smooth – Things out for Justin Fields, but I think if they
2: start the season with Justin Fields, it's a bad, bad mistake. The great Mike North joins us. Mike, you've been in Chicago your whole life, and it's been a long drought since Jim McMahon in the 85 Mm -hmm. Bears. It was Rex Grossman in a Super Bowl run, and you were all over. You know, you had great things to say about Trubisky. You were one of the calming voices in Chicago saying, we got something here with this guy. Mm -hmm. Don't run Mm -hmm. him out of town, and they ran him out of town. I hope they handle Justin Fields well. I hope he's able to have an opportunity to kind of move into this role and grow in that role there because it's really important in a big media market. I mean, you know what Philadelphia does. They spit you out what they're going to do to this Jalen Hurts kid. And Justin Fields, are the fans that you talk to, are they going to be patient with this kid who I think is a hell of a player? Well,
3: they think he's going to be uh, all that. And and I'm here to tell everybody they thought Cutler was gonna be all bad Mm -hmm. and he ended up fifty seven and fifty seven with the Bears and one and thirteen against the Green Bay Packers. The difference is Trubisky was twenty-nine and twenty-one through for ten thousand yards, through sixty-four interceptions, only thirty some I mean sixty-four touchdowns, only thirty-six interceptions. After he got replaced in week three, he had nothing to do with Nagy. He did save Nagy's job by coming back. But here's no way that he was going to come back. He'd rather take a backup role, rebuild his career in Buffalo. They're thrilled to have him there. In my opinion, the strongest second quarterback in the last three, four years in the game of football. You took, off a, you took over a playoff starter to back up Josh Allen. That being said, they did develop a quarterback. They didn't seem happy with him at the end. So now they're starting all over again. And the same people that are telling us Andy Dalton's going to do it, told us Mike Glenn was going to do it told us Nick Foles was going to do it. So, you know what? I got a grain. I'm just taking everything with a grain of salt. I would like to ask you this, though. The big deal is now, all of a sudden, if you're a quarterback from Ohio State and you're Justin Fields, it shouldn't matter what the other quarterbacks did at Ohio State because they've all been bombs. But if you're a quarterback from Ohio State and you've never developed a quarterback for the pros, and so-called Chicago Bears, who's never developed a quarterback for the Chicago Bears because Jim McMahon knew how to play the position. They weren't happy for Trubisky. Can those two worlds align? Where a pro team has never developed a quarterback and a college team, the same team's never developed a quarterback, and they're all being asked to do that. It remains to be seen. It's going to be a tough road. They need to get some people around them. Their defense has to get better. It's the same old problem with everybody else, JT. No difference with the Raiders. You're worried about the quarterback position, hoping the defense comes through, hoping you get a running game. Everybody's got the problem. But you know what? Unless you're in the area, like unless I'm with you following the Las Vegas Raiders, or unless you're with me following the Bears, it's not as peachy as it sounds nationally.
2: great Mike North joins us, legendary Sports Talk host. You know, Mike, last year it was COVID. There was no preseason. Mm -hmm. Now we see Wentz get hurt. You know, teams are going into padded practices this week. Where do you Mm -hmm. stand on the preseason? I think the teams that missed the playoffs need the preseason. They got to run routes. Quarterbacks got to feel pressure on them. But every team seems scared to death to let their quarterback and starters play because if they go down, they feel like the season's over in Indy. The biggest mistake Matt Nagy's made, and he
3: admitted it the other day, was not playing the starters in year two uh, of, of the deal. Uh, it set back Tariq Cohen, set back Trubisky, set back everybody. Uh, he also said that after three years as a head coach, the practices will be harder. So there's a change of philosophy with him. I don't know about everybody else. I know that when you sit out, I've always said this, you don't, if you have a championship title fight, you spar for six to eight weeks, maybe three months, you do road work. You don't sit out and then a week before start working out and get ready because you'll get knocked on your can. I think it's a disservice to the growth of your football team if you don't play your starters in preseason. I've been following the game and covering the game for over 60 years. And I've never seen such ridiculousness in my life.
2: You have to practice to get better for the most part. How good is Mike North as we continue? Mike, uh, very interesting to me with baseball there in Chicago, getting rid of Baez, Chris Bryant goes to the Giants, and then... You know, clearly, you look at the moves that this team make, Rizzo to my Yankees. There's no way to spin it. This team recently won a World Series. The Nationals recently won a World Series, and they just cave, and the fans get screwed. I know you have to rebuild. If you have no chance to win, sell, sell, sell. But how is that going over in Chicago?
3: Well, if you're under 17 years old, you got comfort dogs. Uh, the kids are having problems. You know, the, the kids are going to, you know, uh, Dairy Queen, the parents because uh, uh, this society is different. They grew up in privilege. Any Cubs fan 18 or under grew up in privilege. No other Cubs fan's ever grown up in privilege. They've grown up in the ghetto of baseball. And now that you see your heroes that you grew up loving, uh, they're having trouble coping with that. Now, they all hit home runs. They're all playing for new contracts. They all turned down extensions for the Cubs, which Jed Hoyer said today, in hindsight, they basically should have signed them. So they were going to give them nice little pay raises. They decided to gamble on themselves. I give the Cubs credit. They put Bryant in San Francisco where he wanted to go. Rizzo's got family in New York. Baez is with Lindor uh, with the Mets. Kimbrough's got a kid with a heart problem. They kept them in Chicago, traded them to the White Sox. So they took care of the team that shortened them. What I'm saying is I thought they were going to win another world championship. The door closed fast. I think Jed Hoyer finally said, these guys are all good individually, but they'll never win as a team. And that's exactly what happened. And uh, fans, understandably, are a little upset because of what they brought. But what they brought was five years ago, and it didn't look any better. Not that, uh, not that Ricketts helped. The richest people crying about money. They bought the team for under a billion dollars twelve years ago. It's worth three point three five billion now. So they they tripled their money in twelve years. They could have stuck with you, Darvish. They didn't. They could have stuck with Schwarber. They didn't. They could have signed Nick Castellanos, who was making five fifty when he was playing for long term. They- an all-star. Same with Schwarber. They let go of Lester. So the whole thing's been a debacle. They're going to start over. They got some pieces, but it's going to be a while.
2: And Mike, as we wrap it up, we had soccer in Vegas with Mexico and the United States, and there's people gaming out gambling advice. They don't even know that if a game, man, United States yeah. won, but they did an extra time. The people didn't know how to give out advice on gambling, and they got the bet wrong, and the and the fact that no, the United States didn't win in regulation. I'm watching all these blue checkmark people trying to get out, give out gambling advice. Can't these people sit out a soccer game? No one says because you work for a gaming company, or you're a radio host, or you're supposed to be involved in gambling, that you got to give out gambling advice on every sporting event. You don't do it. You're a specialist. You know when you're ready. You fire on a game, and you give it to your customers here. I'm sitting here last night watching the Internet blow up because people are giving out gambling advice on soccer, and they don't know anything about it. I I don't know anything about it. I've never given out gambling advice. I did
3: bet France against the U.S. getting 12-and-a-half in basketball. I won't bet tennis. I don't do anything that I'm not – i uh, good at. I do the ma- four major sports, do maybe some proposition bets, but that's how I was raised. That's how I make my money. I do not believe, I mean, I see Yankers on TV, uh, you know. Uh, who never picked a game in their life, can't pick their nose giving out advice. So I think you got to be careful. I think there's some good programs out there, a couple good TV shows out there you can watch. As far as in Chicago, you got the odds couple of me and Carmen DeFalco. But really, I've been in the game for a long, long time. I had a show on small-time radio in 1989 called the NFL Handicap Show, where I handicapped football. On small time radio before a podcast, I never knew it would take thirty years. I was <laughs> way ahead of my time. My God, that took this long and now that you think about it j t isn't it ridiculous? It took this long't yeah. is it I mean, stop and think about it, and by the way, I was listening to your raiders stuff. I am so happy for you. You were a diehard. Yeah, I've known you, and what does the luck of of j t the brick cap? He's doing radio in Las Vegas, and who lands in his hometown? The Las Vegas Raiders. And then I see you at one of the nicest hotels on Twitter. Check them out on Twitter, folks. <laughs> the M Resort, which is me and BB's favorite place to go. We go by to the ice cream place. We hang out there, and that's the official headquarters, I understand, of the Raiders. You couldn't
2: ask for a better place. You're the best. We'll see you out here soon. Where can everybody get your picks? Tell us about where they can find you on social media.
3: All right, I got a Friday uh, Friday and Saturday show on ESPN 1000 in Chicago called The Odds Couple, Carmen DeFalco. Monday through Friday on Wednesday, 11 to 11.20, the best 20 minutes in all, pick (laughs) them, which is on Twitter at north dot com. And I also do Bears Bar Room on Thursday. So I keep busy, but I do what I want to do, and I'm having a great time.
2: Once a month on this show, it's a lock because you're just too good to get such a good friend. Thank you, Mike. Best to BB. I'll talk to you soon.
3: I love you, buddy. Take care of your family, too. You got it.
2: You got it. There he is, Mike North, the legend. The first ever sports radio host to make a million dollars. No, not Mike and the Mad Dog, him. He was the guy who did it first and was selling hot dogs. He was selling hot dogs at the Bears game. Someone heard him talking. It's an incredible story. And he's been doing it 30, 35 years, and it was a good time to get him on with all this news. Andy Dalton, I think the best backup quarterback in all of football is Marcus Mariota. He's a pure starter. Mariota was a great player in this league. Then they went in a different direction. He's young. The Raiders pick him up. He's a backup to Carr, which is fair. He's not as good as Carr, but he's the best backup in the league. I'd much rather have Marcus Mariota than Nick Foles. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl, okay? Give him credit for that, but I'm not a big fan of Andy Dalton. I think they could manage the game at least – at least Mariota can run and tuck and run and run for 30 yards and get out of bounds and make all the throws. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens here and how this plays out for Indy. There's no chance in hell Indy can win with these backup quarterbacks. They have no chance. So they're going to have to make a big decision coming up here. Do they go down the road of trading for a quarterback, which I think they need to, or do they wait to see if Carson Wentz comes back? It says five to 12 weeks. What happens if it's 12 weeks? You're going to tell the offensive linemen? You're going to tell the offensive linemen who are sitting there on Indy and Leonard and the good players they have on defense and say, hey, take the year off. We're going to tank and wait for Wentz next year? No, you've got to go out and make the move and trade for a quarterback. That's why teams have good backup quarterbacks, because they leave those quarterbacks there for you to trade with them. That is a real big decision going on tonight. In the NFL. If you want to jump in with me on this, let me know at JT the Brick. I'm on Twitter and on Facebook. Look at our Facebook page at JT the Brick and find out what we're doing there. All right. When we come back, NBA free agency opens up here really quick. We'll get into that. We got a conversation coming up with a really good guest from the LA Times that I'm looking forward to talking to because NBA free agency is big. Brad Turner's gonna jump in from the LA Times. And we'll get you ready for Raiders' headed practice coming up tomorrow and what it means. Who's got to pop in pads? Who's got to play well? A lot of guys, in my opinion. The offensive line and the defensive secondary, that will be the priority of the entire preseason right here on the flagship. Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Tom Flores isn't just a great coach in our league with all due respect to the commissioner. He's one of the great coaches of all time.
0: Induction day is Sunday. Here's more Countdown to Canton.
2: Uh, that is Al Davis, the late great Al Davis on Tom Flores after the Super Bowl win. One of two for the great Tom Flores will be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame on Sunday. I highly recommend everybody get to their TV and DBR NFL channel and find a way NFL Network to DBR. Not only his speech, Peyton Manning on Sunday, Charles Woodson will go last. I reached out to Charles because I'm looking forward to seeing Charles also in Canton. Charles is in a unique spot because he speaks last after everybody gets into the Hall of Fame. And there are countless parties. So Charles has got to keep that room. He will. And then afterwards, Charles hosts the party while Tom Flores' party's going on. So there's like a little divide and conquer. People going here and there. I'm interested to see who brings the most fans there. It will probably well, Pittsburgh is playing Dallas. So Dallas has got Drew Pearson and Jimmy Johnson going in. Pittsburgh's got Bill Cower, Fanica going in. So there's a lot of fans who want to come back and see their guy get in. But I, Peyton Manning's the biggest name. Peyton Manning's getting into the Hall of Fame. And Charles is a phenomenal player, too. And Charles got a lot of fans. Charles can gra- draw fans not only from Oakland, but fans from Green Bay, but most importantly, Michigan. He can get fans that love him from Michigan to make that drive to Canton and make it possible. My wife and I are flying on Friday, fingers crossed. Oh, my God. Airline travel now has been insane to try to get there with a connecting flight because remember when Vegas used to have nonstop flights everywhere? Not that much anymore, which I'm surprised. As I said, it's going to be tough, but we're going to get there and going to be there for uh, three nights, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, leaving Monday to come back here. And then we dive right in for what will be the first Raiders game with fans, the preseason game against Seattle. And I'll be talking to Coach Gruden before that, the TV interview I'll be doing with him this year like I did last year and get a vibe of who's going to play. I don't know what he's going to do here. I don't. But I just know a lot of these young players need to play. One of the veterans spoke today. I wanted to hear it. I haven't heard this yet. I saw it on social media uh, we have the opportunity from time to time to play your press conferences. I'm going to do that here with Richie Incognito, who met the media for the first time here, an extended conversation with Richie earlier today out in Henderson.
0: The injury last year was going to be the reason why you retired, that you you wanted to come back. But the decision to come back, how much of it was you wanted to go out on your own terms? Um, you still had something left in the gas tank, but also that something might be cooking here uh, with the Raiders, something that – could be something
1: special. Yeah, you know, uh, the injury was super frustrating last year. We we really didn't get a handle on it till it was time for surgery. And then once we had the surgery, it was not as serious as we thought. So, uh, you know, I was fighting to come back and play last year. And uh, the mindset after the surgery was, okay, it's not bad. Come back, kick ass, be back with the boys. And like you said, go out on my own terms. Um, you know, I've been here since 2019, and we've had two, two hot starts in 19 and 20. Uh, I think it's time for us to just put this all together and and really make a deep run into uh, December and January and ultimately get us in the playoffs.
0: Richie, Sam Gordon here, Las Vegas Review Journal. What are the
1: hallmarks of the best offensive lines you've played on throughout the course of your career? And how long does it take to develop those, um, especially with a new group like the one you guys have this year? Yeah, you know, the best offensive line I've played on, they're just a bunch of hungry guys, you know, humble uh, warriors. You know, they just grind every day. They're just diligent about you know the small details of being an offensive lineman. You know, there's a lot that goes into it, feet, hands, hat placement, pad level. Um, and I think that our group has components of that. I think we have a bunch of hardworking guys. Uh, Colton Miller uh, doesn't say much. He's a quiet guy, uh, but the guy works his ass off. He's, he's in the weight room. He's getting stronger and better every year. He's out there in pass protection. Uh, I'm sure you guys were watching practice. He's out there locking people down. Uh, you got me. I'm just an old school grinder. I, I bring it every day, uh, bring the energy, keep the guys going, keep them focused. Uh, Andre's a young guy and he's an extremely intelligent guy, incredibly hard worker, great athlete. Uh, you got Denzel and Big John over at right guard. Both both guys have have seen some action. They're uh, they're capable of being starters, um, but again, at their core, they're they're hard working guys. And then we got Leatherwood. And uh, he's, a, he's a very polished uh, rookie. You know, he came from the uh, University of Alabama with a lot of success, and uh, they did a good job with him down there. Another guy, he doesn't say very much, but he works hard. Uh, so that's it, man. We're just trying to get it all to come together up front. You know, we're working hard. Uh, coach Cable is a, an awesome coach. He's one of the best offensive line coaches I've played for. Uh, we really have a great relationship Um and that's it, man. We're just putting in the work every day, just getting better every single day. There's always something to work on, always something to get better at, and you can feel that hunger from this group.
0: Thank you. Do you notice any generational gap between you and some of the younger players, or as offensive linemen, you guys kind of speak your own language and do your own thing? Uh, is there? Are, are, do you sense anything? Yeah,
1: yeah. I think the biggest generational gap is the music. <laughs> the music <laughs> these guys listen to is terrible. It's, uh, <laughs> it's all the same. I mean, it's it it's nauseating. Um, but, uh, no, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a single guy. So I, I, I get where they're coming from. You know, I, I don't have a wife. I don't have a kid. So I hang with the boys, me, Andre Colton, uh, all the guys on the line. So there's not too much of a, a big gap. Um, you know, the biggest thing I see is just, it's, this will be a broad generalization. I'm not talking about anybody in particular, but you know, not a lot of, uh, not a lot of the guys that come in get it, you know, about the grind, about the hunger, about, you know, when I when I came in, it was be quiet, get in the weight room, earn your reps, earn your spot. Now these guys come in and it's you know Instagram and Twitter and all this all this hype and uh, you know oh I did this in college and they kind of live off that and uh, you know it takes them a year or two or three to to learn what it takes to stick at this level and a lot of them. You know, don't learn it till they're out. So I think uh, you know that's what I'm constantly on the guys about. You know, you got to be hungry every day. You got to grind. You got you got to really want this with every ounce of your body and just you know put everything you have into it. So, um, yeah, I don't feel too old out there. I'm getting up there, but I don't feel too old.
0: When, when Gabe and uh, Rodney, when the team moved on from them, did, did Tom and John kind of reach out to you and say, hey, you're kind of the we're going to need you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they had called me before they had started making moves and they didn't really give me a heads up as what to, as what was going to go down. You know, obviously it was some, some big moves. Uh, but yeah, the day, uh, the day they cut me, me and me and coach Gruden talked and I had a good feeling I was coming back and we talked about leadership. You know, he talked about me wanting to be a captain. He talked about me, uh, you know, coming back and leading this young offensive line group and, uh, you know, I've, I've had, I had the fortunate ability to sit behind Rodney and let, let Rod lead and, and kind of do my thing, you know, be a leader. But, hey, Rod's the guy. Uh, and now that's it. Now I'm the guy. You know, I'm the guy that, uh, that's going to keep these guys going. Um, you know, I, I love playing this game. i got a ton of passion playing this game. That's why I'm this old and I'm playing. I love it. I love the grind. I love being here in camp. I love working. I love getting better. And, uh, you know, now it's our time. We've got a young group. There's going to be a lot of eyes on us. There's going to be a lot of scrutiny. But it's, it's our time to shine.
3: To Sean Reed from the Athletic, what kind of growth have you seen from John Simpson going into the second year, both physically and in the fundamentals?
1: Yeah, I think I think first and foremost, John looks great. He put in a ton of work in the offseason. I mean, you could see he's built up top, he's got the legs, he looks really good. I think just having the offseason of technique, of hearing the plays, of being able to kind of slow things down, I think was really big for him. Uh you know, we came in last year and, you know, it was, uh, it was kind of a mess just coming in with all the COVID protocols and then getting into camp and then getting in pads so late and then having to go play. Me going down early, um, you know, he was kind of just thrown to the wolves. So this, uh, this spring he put a, a big emphasis on technique, getting better. And, uh, you know, we're working through it every day, you know, tight feet, tight hands, pass setting. You know, I'm working with him and Lester a lot, uh, just trying to get him, you know, better every day.
2: Richie, when you look at your, your personal journey and where you were three years ago, two years ago when you first came here to where you are right now being a team leader, like I said, captain, um, when you look at that journey yourself, what do you think?
1: Oh, it's been great, man. It honestly it's been it's been awesome. You know, I've been up, down, in, out, all over the place. And uh, just to be here and, and to finally be a raider, you know, I I feel like I've I've been taking the long road to to get here and actually come home and, and be a raider, it just feels so right for me. And, uh, you know, especially with, with Coach Gruden and Coach Cable, just let me be me. Uh, you know, I have the confidence to just do my thing. You know, they, they trust me. They know who I am. Um, I've, I've shown them uh, the best side of me. And uh, I just want to earn it every day. You know, I just want to go out there, earn their trust, earn my teammates' trust. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice to kind of just be in a stable place, uh, know the team has my back, know my guys have my back. Uh, you know, it just pushes you to work harder every day, just grind, just keep getting better. Uh, And just go out there and collect as many wins as possible and get our asses in the playoffs.
0: There were some struggles last year uh, in goal-to-goal type situations down in the red zone where it's you guys, basically, that's where they lean on you guys the most. How frustrating was that sometimes having to watch? And how much uh, you coming back do you think can help in that area?
1: Yeah, we struggled last year. We struggled last year. Um, You know, it, it was tough, you know. We like to think that we're, we're big, strong beasts up front. We're going to run, you know, the small package of plays. Everybody knows what we're going to run, and we're just going to jam it down their throat. And, uh, you know, we, we still have that mentality, but I think we just got to get a little smarter, mix it up a little bit more, get in the end zone, you know, not just go bang our heads against the wall. Um, I think we got the guys up front. I think we're, we're, we're an athletic group, but I think we're a physical group. You, you see guys, they, they got a little lead in their pencil. So they can push guys off the ball. Uh, but I think, you know, go down there, use our athleticism a little bit, block down, pull around, you know, get some creative looks, get some quarterback driven runs, you know, maybe get Marcus in the game. Uh, and, uh, you yeah, know, me coming back, you know, I'm a, I'm a tone setter, you know, uh, we talked about red zone the other day and my message to the guys was, uh, you know, as, as you're going along, you know, the more tired you get, the more winded you get, the harder you have to become, the the more you have to dig deep, the more you have to focus on the technique, you know, conditioning, weight room, that's. That's when it counts, when you get down to the red zone. And when you get down there, goal to goal, it's a 17-play drive. you got to dig deep. It's just it's you versus them, and it's man versus man. It's will versus will. So uh, we'll be better at that. We'll, we'll be better at re- scoring in the red zone. We'll be better on the goal line. you
0: blocked a lot of running backs in your career. But what makes Josh stand out in your mind?
1: Josh is a special back, man. He really is. He's a, he's a special guy. He's a hardworking guy. Uh, but he's a special back. He, he really is. He's got a feel for a young guy in the run game uh, kind of unlike I've ever seen. You know, I play with some great backs. You know, Shady, uh, me and Shady, we had a great relationship in Buffalo, and Shady was a talented runner, but he's a different runner. Um, You know, Shady had a really good feel for getting guys off balance and shaking them up and being able to get them to stop their feet and run right by him. You know josh is a little bit more of a bull in a china shop but he's got such a great feel for you know when we're on the wide zone we're we're stretching we're stretching we're stretching he's got a great feel when to put that foot in the ground and take that back door and on gap schemes you know what we're trying to do is you know get everybody shoved over here and get them to over pursue or get them to under pursue and then josh really has a two-way go and uh you'll see it nine times out of ten he'll hit that hole he'll hit it exactly where we want to do it and it's just it's really just having a feel for it you know just um, for a young guy to, to have it that fast is, is special, and that's why you see him putting up 1,000-yard rushing seasons. And He's a smart guy. He's hungry. He's humble, and uh, he just comes to work and get better every day.
0: Raiders made an investment on the interior of the defensive line. I know pads don't happen until tomorrow, but have you sensed and felt the, the changes uh, in the interior over there?
1: Yeah, I think we're improved up front. I really do. I think uh, they brought in a, a good collection of guys that uh, really complement each other well. You know, uh, big-time Hank, John Hankins, is a great nose guard in there. We're, we're battling with him right now. So uh, I think Hank is the anchor of that defensive line. Uh, Solomon Thomas uh, looks good. You know, he's athletic. He's quick. Uh, I think he's got some confidence going into camp. Uh, Darius Phylon is is a really good – he's a sneaky good pass rusher. He's been giving us some issues. Um, you know, the guy's in the edge. You can't say enough good things about Mad Max. The guy's just a hard worker. Um He's a grinder. He's an old school guy, and he's getting better. You know, right before your eyes, every day. Uh, having Yannick is awesome. He's got uh, he's got some juice to him, man. He's he's got you guys. I know you guys have seen it out there. He can move. Uh, he's definitely going to bring uh, bring the heat on third down. Uh, we got a great collection of uh, younger guys, like backup guys that they're rolling in there. You know, I think I think this is the best depth we've had since I've been here. So they got they got some bigger bodies. They got some athletic guys. And, uh, I think we got some, uh, some good guys coming off the bench, so I'm excited to see them go. You
0: talk about loving the grind and embracing it, but like, is it different to have
1: training camp when it's, you know, 110, 115 degrees? Uh, you know, I mean, I'm from Arizona, so I'm not, I'm, I'm used to the dry heat. I'm used to this, you know, getting out there in the morning isn't too bad. You know, the heat's been creeping up on us a little bit, uh, for me nothing was as as hard as doing training camp in miami i mean you really had to have like a navy seal mindset down there we were doing two a days and two a day one a day at like three o'clock in the afternoon down there uh but you know as i get older these training camps do get easier you know with the cba and the rules and the time allotments and all that stuff that's why i really enjoy it because you know it's it's not like it's not like old school where we're doing two practices a day but uh, we're getting good working. I, I like going in the morning. I like getting it done, I like getting in the classroom. So it's been fun.
2: That was awesome. Richie Incognito. How great was that? Bobby and I were just sitting here listening. We wanted to take a portion of it, like let it go. Now That was like a radio show. He was fantastic. I mean, you seriously think about what Richie's going to do next in broadcasting. The way he speaks, he covered everything. He went from position to position, gave us so much information on the defensive line. Hankins anchoring it and giving him problems. Solomon Thomas, Yannick Ngakwe, what he talked about with Josh Jacobs. thats good information. Vinny Bonsignor asked a lot of those questions. You'll hear Vinny uh, coming up at 4 o'clock today. But Richie Incognito, no doubt, is the leader. He's the leader of that offensive line. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to play. He says everything right, and he's a hell of a player, but he's got to be available. And look, he can't control these fluke injuries. He can't. If his Achilles popped or he felt it last year, remember last year we knew that if he felt that Achilles was stretched, it wasn't right, they weren't going to play him. And then they ended up having surgery, but it wasn't as bad as people thought. So hopefully he has a full heel, and that doesn't come back to haunt him because physically he is – down and dirty in the alley. You need him, and he could be a big part of what the Raiders are doing on the left-hand side, running behind him and Colt Miller. And James is going to be very important. So way to go. That was great sound. And you know, these Raider players, they, they all are fantastic at the podium. They really are. And that says a lot about the organization, prepping those players. Veterans are one thing, but especially the young players. That was brought to you by Modello. Love my bucket of Modellos on Friday. I'll have a few in Canton over the weekend. We appreciate Modello and everything they do for us. And Pacifico, love it. Thanks to Modello. We're going to be doing a lot with them, especially over at the Raiders Tavern and Grill, where they have the front bar, the Modello Bar, where you'll catch me. Thanks to Bobby who put the show together, all of our guests, including Fred the Hammer Williamson, Mike North, who was fantastic. Uh, Tomorrow I'll be out at practice. It's padded practice. There should be some great information coming out of there. Some social media at JT the Brick. Have a great day, everybody. Keep it here to Raider Nation Radio. Have a good night, everybody. All right. Take care.